We are downtown. We are historic. We are family. We are scriptural. We are First Baptist Church. Aaron, that, that, was, that was better with the pumpkins. <laughs> At 8.30, he called everybody in the service to, to look to the pumpkins um, for the service. <laughs> so we, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll look past the pumpkins uh, now uh, to our text, uh, Philippians 3. 12 through 16. In fact, if you will find it in your listening sheet there, we're going to read that aloud together. So if you would, stand with me and we're going to read that. This then is the text for today. Not that I have already obtained it or have already become perfect, But I press on so that I may lay hold of that for which also I was laid hold of by Christ Jesus. Brethren, I do not regard myself as having laid hold of it yet, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and reaching forward to what lies ahead. I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Let us therefore, as many as are perfect, have this attitude. And if any of you have a different attitude, God will reveal that also to you. However, let us keep living by that same standard to which we have attained. May God bless the reading of his word. We got through that a little better than 832. Well done there. It's a wordy text we have this morning in Philippians 3. Now, in most sermons, I try to find a metaphor to help us to to latch onto so that we might remember better uh, the word of the Lord that morning. And and sometimes the metaphors come easy, sometimes they're harder to find. But today, here it is. In fact, Paul, in this letter to the Philippians, gives us the metaphor that we need for our lesson this morning. And so he, he lays it out clearly. He says, this is the best metaphor for the lesson that we have today, and you might miss it if you're not careful. Look with me again at verse 13. This is what I'm talking about. So Philippians 3, verse 13. Brethren, I do not regard myself as having laid hold of it yet, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind, and then here's the metaphor, and reaching forward to what lies ahead. Now, reaching forward here is a very specific metaphor. You, You need to picture a runner. And in fact, picture a runner in the 100-meter dash at the Olympics. And so as you picture this, what we're looking at really is the photo finish. So what you see and what you picture is that runner in the 100-meter dash in, in the last step before the finish line. What they do in that last step is they lean forward so they can get the most out of their race in the best possible time. You see, Paul didn't want anybody to misunderstand God's grace. And he didn't want anybody to misunderstand God's forgiveness. And it's easy to do because some people and people in Paul's day and through the centuries, people have surmised that surely then if God is full of mercy, then I can coast through life. Or surely then if God is a forgiving God, then I can do whatever I want because he will forgive me. 
But those who are in Christ know that that is not the case. That's not who we are in Jesus Christ. In fact, in Christ and with Christ, we strive with all that we are to live out that call that God has placed upon our lives, even all the way to that very last step as we lean forward at the end to the very last step of life. We are with Christ and we are striving forward and we are moving best as we come to the last steps on this earth. Even then, leaning in towards heaven. In fact, if you you look down through verses 12, 13, and 14, this is the very thing that uh, Paul's talking about here. It's this whole analogy of a runner. And and it's a reminder, and his call upon us is that you are in a race right now. Whether you know it or not, or whether you like it or not, you are in a race this day. And, And in fact... The way, the way we see it and, and, and the way scripture calls it is even though we are in this race towards heaven, most people are just stuck in the blocks. Most people across the world just haven't even gotten out yet. You see, this is how it begins. When you begin the 100 meter dash, all the runners begin in the blocks, feet firmly fixed so that you can accelerate out as quickly as po- uh, possible when the starter's pistol goes off. In life, it's like God is before us and God has said, ready, set, go. And then when God gave the call to go, most people just cower. They don't move, they refuse to listen. They're just stuck there in the blocks and won't go anywhere. They don't care what God has said and they don't care what God is doing, they're just stuck. They're stuck at the beginning of the race and won't move forward. But what God is saying And God is calling down from heaven and God is calling out through his word and through his church. God is saying, I have the perfect way forward for you. In fact, it's right here, straight down this lane. If you will run towards God, life will be right and you will be made righteous. But so many just refuse. They don't want to have anything to do with God. And, and it's amazing, non-believers just do this always, but there, there's also some believers who get stuck here too. In fact, one of the things, one of the people we should picture is maybe somebody like Jonah, right? That when, when God says, ready, set, go, some of us just turn and look to God and say, no. And, and some people just get up and start walking the other direction. They turn around and they walk off. Now hear me this morning. That you you can only do that for so long. You can only ignore God for so long. You can only deny God for so long. Because one day the fiery wrath of God comes down upon our lives. When Jesus Christ says, follow me, we go immediately. Now, for those that listen and those that have ears to hear, clear the blocks and you get out in a fury. And often the initial moments of our Christian walk looks like what you see in the Gospels that are so many that are, that are turning to Christ and coming to Christ in this, this, this moment of excitement where there's an intense joy and freedom that comes from knowing Jesus Christ as your Savior. And that's what we need to understand together as a church and, and as a city that the initial step So that that first step out of the box is saying, Jesus Christ is Lord. 
That's where we go first. We declare it to our families. We declare it to the world. We declare it to God. We declare it over our own selves. Jesus Christ is Lord. And when you do that, you're, you're stepping out in life in the right direction. You're headed down the right lane. Then as sprinters go, you begin to react. You, you clear the blocks and, and you, you drive. And your legs start to pick up speed. But, but in those first steps, you're still kind of bent down. You're over. You're not up yet. And in those first steps, you're kind of, you're low. You're not at your full stride yet. Many of us find ourselves here. At this point, maybe, maybe think about Peter walking on water because there he goes following Jesus Christ and then there he goes sinking. Right? He, he, was, he was close. He was growing in the Lord. But down he went. We, we picture Peter rebuking Jesus or, or Peter swinging the sword at the high priest's servant. He, Peter was walking with the Lord, but he didn't have his stride yet. He was learning and he was growing in the faith. And we, we all have to. Don't, don't mistake learning for faithlessness. Don't mistake a B uh, for an F. You see, he was, he was still growing and trying to, to figure out how to run at full speed. And none of us get up to full speed on our own. Don't think you have to grow in faith by yourself because you can't do that either. You, you need the Lord with you. See, none of us are going to get to full speed in faith without walking with Jesus for a long time. And so we walk with him and he helps pull us forward. Now, unfortunately, this is where many people, even some believers, just drop out of the race. They mistake the early learning curve for failure. But, but what God reminds us is that, that even if you stumble out of the block or even if it takes exponentially longer than you ever anticipated for you to get up to your full stride, don't give up. Because God is with you and God is, God is for you and God is running with you in this life. Don't give up even though you're not there yet. Keep pushing forward. And when you start to think that you're not nearly as far along in faith as you think you ought to be, no, it's okay. It's okay as long as you keep pushing forward. You keep driving your legs forward with the Christ because at this point, the only real failure is to drop out of the race, to stop trying to give up on the Lord. And we can't do that this morning. We can't give up on the Lord. Now, once you do find your faith, or you, you get past those moments, and once you find your full stride in faith, remarkable things begin to happen. See, the next phase of the race is, is accelerating forward, and, and that's where you come up and you stand up straight and your eyes are looking forward, and you're looking out high towards the finish line. And, and as you do, you begin to see that upward call of Christ Jesus towards heaven, and it's beautiful. You, you begin to experience those faith moments that you'd only heard about, and you begin to experience what, it, what it's like to have your prayers answered by God in an instant. You, you begin to, to, to know what, it, what it's like to see an angel or having the truth jump off the page at you when you have a question in mind and God speaks to you directly through his word. These kinds of things happen and it's a wonderful thing in the life of a believer. And as you're accelerating, then you come to top speed. This is the fastest your body can run. Now, for a human being, the fastest that we can possibly run is about 27 miles an hour. Usain Bolt did this not long ago. 
But then, in 2011, Justin Gatlin ran faster than Usain Bolt. But it didn't count because they said his run was wind-aided. And that's what you need to know this morning. And Jesus Christ was perfectly clear with us. When, when we start running towards that upward call of God, we are always wind-aided. In fact, that's, that's the only thing that counts is when you're wind-aided, that, that we can go far beyond our human ability, far beyond our imagination, far beyond our capabilities, because the Spirit of God is pushing us forward. The, the wind of God is this mighty rush through our lives and pressing us on towards the end. You see, there, there are things that God is calling us to do as a church. There are things that God are calling us to do as individuals, and, and you're not ready, and you're not able, but so be it because the Holy Spirit is able. God is more powerful than all of us combined. See, God is with us, and the Spirit is behind us, and we can do mighty things for the sake of the kingdom of God. You know, it's, it's interesting with the win, Gatlin was only .13 seconds faster than Usain Bolt. Now, the Holy Spirit's much better than that. In fact, it's probably better for us to think about the Holy Spirit in, in this way. There are these scientists right now who are working on what they call exoskeletons. Now, these exoskeletons are braces that connect to like your hips and your knees and your ankles. And, and these are not, not for health reasons, actually to make you stronger and to make you faster. And in fact, there's one company that has a computer-generated model of an exoskeleton that they claim will, will help any of you in the room run 40 miles an hour. Now, could you imagine any of us with robotic leg braces running 40 miles an hour down Broadway back here? I would hurt myself. But you know, this is how we can think of the Holy Spirit. Because the, the Spirit takes us to speeds and heights that we're not capable of on our own. See, in Christ, by the Holy Spirit, your top speed just skyrocketed. It's off the charts. The creator of the heavens and the earth is behind you and with you. He is beyond physics. He is beyond life. He is, he is capable of more than anything that we have ever imagined as humanity. And he is with us and he is for us. And we press on, and we're, we're maintaining uh, our top speed then as a sprinter goes down the lane. And, and as you're sprinting, the finish line is getting closer by the second. It's coming, it's coming. And in this metaphor, and, and in the scripture here in Philippians 3, the, the finish line then is death. And, and the closer you get to the finish line, you keep your eyes on the prize. In fact, you narrow your focus further and further down to where that is, that is your concentration. That is, that is your hope. This is all you can think of in this moment is, is being with the Christ. You don't look back. You push forward. And no one slows down at the end of the race. In fact, what you see on those fast racers is in that last step, they lean forward and they lean in to gain fractions of a second on their times. Don't stop short. Don't turn around at the finish line. 
How foolish would it be if we were 98% done and we gave up? You see, at the end of our lives, faith, faith should be multiplying our wisdom directly from the Lord. And, and the older we are, the, the more we're seeking Jesus Christ. The older we are, the, the more that we're working for the Savior. We remember as we've been studying Philippians for the last few weeks that as Paul writes this letter to the Philippians, he was facing the uncertainty of being chained up in Rome, a prisoner. And not only the uncertainty of being a prisoner, but the case and the charges that have been brought against him would require the death penalty that he might be executed here. And even facing that, even in chains, even facing the death penalty, he's going out of his way to work for Jesus as much as possible. The closer death got, the harder he was working for the sake of the kingdom of God. He's saying this, this is when we kick it into high gear. This is when we lean forward and lean into what God's got for us. The closer death comes, the more faithful I'm going to be for the sake of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now, we do have to be careful with metaphors because metaphors only go so far. And we have to be careful with this metaphor because we need to slow down a minute. Sometimes we think when, when we say kick it into high gear that we think just frantically doing anything and everything, doing as much as possible. But that's not what we mean here. This isn't about you just being busy and this isn't about you doing as much as possible. This is, this is a, about a level of intensity for obeying Jesus Christ. That I'm not just gonna do anything and everything, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna focus in on who Jesus is. And, and my intensity is going to be a complete obedience into him. And, and, and the, the longer I live, the more intense that, that call and that life of obedience in is following Jesus Christ. And that's what I'm gonna do. And we don't waste any time doing that. Don't waste any time obeying the Lord. And one of the things Jesus told us to do was to stop for a moment. And he said, at times of worship and times where you gather, you need to stop and you need to remember me in a very particular way, in the bread and in the cup. You need to remember me in a meal. And so as we think about this metaphor of running and pressing forward in life, when you think about a meal, they don't seem to fit. That a meal is where you stop and you sit down and you rest a moment. But what Jesus is saying is these go just hand in hand. When you are obeying me, that is the, the leaning forward. That, that's taking the next step. That, that's, that's getting into your full stride when you're obeying me even as you take of the bread and the cup. So let's now prepare together to take the supper. So at home, if you would begin to gather your elements and in the room, we'll, we'll, we'll take ours and, and be careful. There, there's two tabs. Peel the, the top one off there and you'll find the bread. Now, before we take of this, I do want to pray and we're going to pray that God would prepare our hearts for what we're about to do. Because what we're about to do is take of the body and blood of Jesus Christ and scripture calls us to take this in a worthy manner. 
repentant of the Lord. And so before we take of the bread and the cup, let us pray and prepare our hearts. Our Lord, we hold these elements and recognize what they mean. Lord, these are significant, a marker of the greatest sacrifice ever made for the sake of humanity. And so, Lord, as we come to the table, we pray that you would prepare our hearts. Lord, would you bring to mind sin that has been festering and forgive. Lord, would you call our hearts to repentance and heal us. Lord, we know that there has been sin and we pray that you'd wipe it clean. Make us right. Even as we take of the bread and the cup. It's in the name of our Lord and risen Savior, Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. So here, this story from Corinthians, how the Apostle Paul described it. For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you. And the Lord Jesus, in the night in which he was betrayed, he took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it. And he said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Now in the same way, take the cup and peel back the There you go. So continuing in the scripture, in the same way, Jesus took the cup after supper and said, this cup is a new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink of it in remembrance of me. And as the passage finishes in 1 Corinthians, for as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Let's pray together. Father, we do. We proclaim your death We preach Jesus Christ and him crucified. In fact, we shout it into the darkness that Jesus Christ went to the cross for our sake. And Lord, as we shout it into the darkness, we look up and we remember the resurrection, we remember the ascension, we remember Pentecost. Lord, we remember the Holy Spirit coming down upon the church. Lord, and we're grateful that we get to be a part of that. We're grateful that we get to be a part of this meal that you have passed down to us. We take it with you, we take it for you, and we remember what you did on our behalf. It's in the name of our Lord and risen Savior, Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. 
First Baptist Church has been broadcasting its services of new life and historic faith for 46 years. We would like to ask that you continue to pray with us for this ministry and also for your financial support so that we can continue this ministry for years to come. Thank you.